You are listening to the Be Fit and Me podcast with your co-host, Lena. And your co-host, Amber. Be Fit and Me is a podcast dedicated to women. And men. Okay. Who want the best out of life. Our goal is to create a community where we can share our struggles, victories, and experiences to encourage not only ourselves, but you, and to inspire each other. We're not experts, doctors, or psychologists, but hope you'll follow us on this insane journey as we strive to have it all. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Be Fit and Me podcast. This is a Friday, so it is a fit topic we will be discussing or chatting about girl talk today and I am one of your co-hosts Lena and I'm Amber and the subject that we are actually going to share with you today was inspired by a conversation that was brought to my attention last week during one of my classes so I stayed a while after a class and three students decided to um asked me some questions about body image and I wanted to just tell them, Hey, go listen to my podcast. But instead I was human and listened to them. And this one girl out of the three admitted that she suffers from body dysmorphia and that she compares her body and her face to images. And when I say images, because those are images, they're not real people on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And so I thought it was something we needed to talk about again. I know we did mention a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago, body image and how we look at ourselves. Um, I think it's a topic that most of us can relate to. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we had a whole <laughs> yeah, episode we, we <laughs> about a, body image generally and social media. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we did talk about body image, especially when it came to social media. So that's why we wanted to highlight it again and discuss more specific what they called it prior is dysmophobia what we call it today bdd or selfie dysmorphia body dysmorphia facetune dysmorphia snapchat dysmorphia and all this other dysmorphias you can think of and after talking with them i realized it's hard for me to really understand where this young woman was coming from when she was telling me this stuff but it's real. It's reality. And it's not just reality for teenagers. It's reality for women my age, women Amber's age, even men. So uh, we wanted to just highlight this particular topic today and give you some insight. And hopefully after this episode, with the information we give you, you could recognize it in your own life or someone you really care about and love and hopefully open their eyes to maybe seeking help and getting the attention that they need or even you'd need. No, so I feel like because this is such a heavy subject matter that we do really want you to take the time to think about your life and how you approach certain situations. Do you hold back from going to parties because you feel like a certain body part that you are ashamed of is going to be talked about or or do you always cover a certain body part up when you're getting dressed or yeah or do you take five hours you know to cover your eyebrows or put eyelashes on because you (laughs) and just realize some body parts are meant to be covered when you're in public so (laughs) well I mean there's people spent five hours getting ready for a particular event because they are ashamed of that body part and I was speaking specifically about the comment about 
you covering up certain things before you go out. I oh, <laughs> also yes, I yes. wanted to acknowledge that yes. some parts, you know, Are unless you're unless you're at a nudist colony or living somewhere like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's just um, a background on how this um, subject got brought up. And believe it or not, this is actually not a new phenomenon. Um, the term dysmorphobia dis- was first coined back in 1891 um, by a doctor, Enrique Marcelli, or Enrique Marcelli. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, this is an issue that humankind has been struggling with um, and dealing with for some time. But it wasn't until, you know, the late 80s when psychologists and the, you know, uh, professionals really began to take this disorder, I think, more seriously. And maybe it was because they were seeing a rise in cases or symptoms. Um, So it is not new, but as Lena mentioned, because of the world where we live and everything is so visual, so many photos, so many videos, that now it's become a constant reminder and reflection of sometimes maybe the things that you don't necessarily like about yourself. And so it has become a um, a larger issue, I mm-hmm. think, today uh, than maybe previously. And so I think it's always just helpful to start with the definition, um, just to have like a clear professional articulation of what this is, because it is an actual, you know, diagnosable disorder. So that would come from a trained doctor professional and um, not something that we would recommend self-diagnosing, but just to maybe if you see or feel or any of these sort of symptoms and characteristics are familiar, to maybe start to think about that. Um, for yourself or maybe someone you know. So the term as it's known today is body dysmorphic disorder. So that's BDD, sometimes referred to as body dysmorphia. And BDD is a distinct mental disorder in which a person is preoccupied with an imagined physical defect or minor defect that others often cannot see. As a result, people with this disorder see themselves as ugly and often avoid social exposure or turn to plastic surgery to try to improve their appearance. Now, BDD shares some features with eating disorders and obsessive compulsive disorder. BDD is similar to eating disorders in that both involve a concern with body image. However, a person with an eating disorder worries about weight and the shape of the entire body while a person with BDD is concerned about a specific body part. And so this is a definition that we pulled up on WebMD. So that's kind of a, a background to an understanding to what BDD is and leading into our conversation today. And to be honest, the only version that anyone sees of themselves, we've never truly seen what we look like. The only image we have to go off of are digital images, and that's dating apps, social media, online forums, you know, digital pictures. So it's hard for us to have a good judge of what we really look like. And and also we, with mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> pointing out that it's actually... Opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So f- we want to fit into a certain standard of beauty. And why I bring that up is because I don't know if you're aware, but I just wanted to list, I thought it'd be interesting to list 
a few celebrities that have acknowledged that they suffered or are suffering now. And it puts things in perspective that we're all human and we all go through something at some point in our lives. So one interesting one, and I've heard this before because Andy Warhol and Andy Warhol had an obsession with his nose to have it took sandpaper and scrubbed his nose down. Yeah. Michael Jackson, I feel like we all is probably one the of most, the most famous. Yes. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller has admitted that she has suffered from it in her early years. And that was someone I was kind of surprised to hear. Marilyn Monroe, I, um, Kim Kardashian, we all know. That's Robert Pattinson was a surprise to me. And it's not just something that we change physically. It's when you apologize. So there are cases where he's on set and he's apologized to the director or the other actors stating that I'm too ugly to be thought of as a sex symbol. And he was voted one of the sexiest men alive. Um, Hayden Penetera. How do you say her name? Hayden Penetera. Yeah. She suffered from it early in um, her career. She seeked help. Um, another famous one that is currently, um, suffers from this and actually admits that therapy on a daily basis is Shakira. Wow. And, um, that's surprising for me to hear that she suffers from that. Lily Allen is another one and Sylvia Plath, the author. And she admitted that in her book that she thought she was ugly and um, disgusting to look at. So those are pretty powerful words and beliefs that you have in yourself and you know to some people look at these people as um the most beautiful people in the world or at their time thought they were the most beautiful people in the world and they didn't even think that so it's just eye-opening and kind of mind-blowing that um the lengths that people go to appear perfect to get the quote unquote standard of beauty because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it's, it's not fair to put pressure on anyone to look a certain way when beauty is subjective. Yeah. And you know, to the extent this is an actual mental illness, Mm -hmm. no one is immune. Even someone who you think is, you know, absolutely perfect and beautiful may have a different view of themselves and that's the same for you (laughs) you know to to anyone who is sort of looking in the mirror and seeing something else that chances are the rest of the world doesn't even see or notice and I want to mention because I did bring up Kim Kardashian and people assume oh she's fame hungry and she's so obsessed with herself there is a difference between people who are self-obsessed and those who are ashamed of themselves or a particular body part. So there are some people out there that can have both. They're self-obsessed, but then they also are ashamed of a certain body part and don't want to show it off, fear to show off in front of even their partner. They don't want to get naked in front of them because they are intimidated about how their abs look or how their breasts look or how their butt looks, you know, just small body, whatever it is that we feel ashamed of. Oh, so a doctor, actually, I found this on, um, I'm not sure where I found this on. I think I found it in a blog. You know, I thought this was interesting because a doctor would ask the patient coming in to get plastic surgery. So can you look in the mirror and tell me 
where this flaw or this problem you have with say your nose or your lip is. And so they put the mirror up to the patient and the patient goes, well, I can't see it. I don't see it here. I have to show you a picture. So they take out their phone, do a selfie, and then show the picture of themselves to the doctor. And they say, well, see, you clearly didn't see the flaw when you were looking at your reflection. It's only obvious in a picture. They're so damaged that they don't see themselves. They only see this idea or this altered version of themselves. In this moment, this one small like moment in time at a certain angle with a certain light and... And even the cameras that we have on our phones, they have filters. They're, they're meant to make you look better. It's not even a filter you use on Instagram. It's just your camera on your phone. Also, it's a camera, and there's a reason why the cameras continue to improve because they're also not the best actual depiction <laughs> with the you know a perfect, the right amount of pixels to actually duplicate <laughs> the photo that's being taken. Yeah, so um, what I thought would be interesting, and I was in the car the other day, and I, I was thinking, how are we going to you know, break this whole conversation down? So when I got home, I decided to take a body dysmorphia test, and we wanted to share that test with you, and this is, I feel, a perfect time for you, if you want to participate in this with us, to get a pen and paper out, and I'm going to list... 25 questions and you're either going to put a yes you do experience this or you do do this or no and at the end i will share the results what the results mean and Um, i actually haven't taken this yet so i'm going to be taking it with you and we'll see where i land so for reference on where i got this test from it was online the ocd center of los angeles provided this test Um, I'll give you a moment to get a paper and pen or use your phone. And again, you're either going to mark yes or no. Yes, that you experience it or that you have or no, that doesn't pertain to your life. Okay, so number one, I excessively worry about my physical appearance. Number two, I often check my appearance in mirrors or other reflecting objects, i.e. windows, car bumpers, spoons, etc. Number three, I frequently avoid mirrors and other reflecting objects. Number four, I excessively perform basic grooming activities, i.e. washing skin, combing hair, brushing teeth, related to my perceived flaw. Number five, I often use makeup or clothing, i.e. hats, scarves, long sleeve shirts, long pants, etc., to camouflage my perceived flaw. Number six, I frequently attempt to hide my perceived flaw by using my hands, by sitting in certain positions, or by staying in places where I believe the flaw will be less noticeable by others, i.e. a dark corner or a theater or restaurant. Number seven, I regularly scrutinize others' appearance for comparison. Number eight, I sometimes discuss my perceived flaw with others or ask others to verify my perceived flaw. Number nine, I often seek reassurance from others about the appearance of my perceived flaw. Number 10, I often touch, pick, and or measure my perceived flaw. 
Number 11, I diet and or eat only specific foods related to my perceived flaw. Number 12, I excessively exercise and or lift weights in an effort to alter my perceived flaw. Number 13, I avoid certain places and or activities, i.e. parties, dating, swimming, restaurants, theaters, etc. Because I don't want others to see my perceived flaw. Number 14, I generally avoid having my picture taken. 15, I have undergone cosmetic procedures to correct my perceived flaw, i.e. plastic surgery, hair replacement, skin bleaching, etc. Number 16, I am dissatisfied with the outcome of these cosmetic procedures. 17, I am planning or hoping to have cosmetic procedures to alter my perceived flaw in the future. 18, I am often anxious or depressed thinking about my perceived flaw. 19, I am often late for activities due to performing behaviors related to my perceived flaw. Number 20, I often believe others notice my perceived flaw and or are thinking negative thoughts about my perceived flaw. Number 21, I am significantly distressed about my perceived flaw. Number 22, I often believe others are discussing or commenting on my perceived flaw. Number 23, my concerns about my perceived flaw are interfering with my relationships and or with my academic or professional functioning. Now, number 24 is a write-out, so I spend blank hours per day doing behaviors specifically related to my perceived flaw. And number 25 is a written out one as well. I worry most about the following parts of my body, blank. So there you have it, your test, 25 questions. So this is the email I received back from this website from the director of OCDLA.com. Thank you for completing our confidential online test for body dysmorphic disorder. Our test is not designed to provide a formal diagnosis, but it can help you get a better idea of, what, of whether or not you're exhibiting significant signs of body dysmorphic disorder. Results for the test fall into three categories, depending on how many items you check. So if you check one to three items, there is a low probability that you have BDD. And this is where I, this was my category. You may be more concerned about your body image than most people, but, is unlike, but it is unlikely that these concerns significantly impact your life, okay? Did you score the same, Amber? I did not. Oh, okay. If you checked four to seven items, there is a medium probability that you have BDD. You likely experience a moderately high amount of distress related to your body and likely spend more time than most people obsessing about and checking your appearance. I fall into the medium category, mm -hmm. like just over the hump. But I think with some of the questions too, it's because it's yes or no. So sometimes it's a little bit on a spectrum. And so I'm kind of like, well, maybe I do a little bit of that sometimes, but not really. So like the question about, um, you know, looking at your reflection and say a mirror window and then it's like a car bumper. It's like, well, no. And a spoon. <laughs> and a spoon. So like, yeah. So I did fall into the medium, but then when you describe the category, I 
don't personally feel like I really obsess, but you know, maybe I could. And that's why I think, um, and we'll talk about it later. Um, I feel like the amount of people in the world suffer. There's a higher number of people suffering from this because based on this test. Yeah. And so I think also where it hit me was the questions about plastic surgery, because I've mentioned on another episode that it's something that I'm potentially open to. So that's where, you know, I marked yes. And so, and I also thought about when I was younger. So when I hit checkpoints, like, well, I thought about that before, but I don't so much now, you know? Right. Um, and that's why I didn't, I think mark the spoon one. Cause I'm like, I'm right. not looking at myself right. in a bumper or a spoon. So the last um, category, if you checked more than seven items, there is a high probability that you have BDD. You most likely have a great amount of distress related to whatever you perceive to be a significant flaw with your body. It is likely you spend a considerable amount of time checking your appearance, attempting to change or camouflage your appearance and avoid situations in which you fear others might observe your perceived flaw. So I feel Mm -hmm. like there's... This, the meat, the second and the last one, I feel like it's there's a very fine line between. Right. When it's, and that's why it's very important yeah. to seek a professional. But as Lena mentioned, and even as they mention on the site itself, is that it's really more so as a guide to maybe reconsider how you're viewing yourself and mm-hmm. whether or not there may be a more significant, you know, issue or concern there. And if you do decide to take this test and go through all the steps to get an email, um, they do provide you, like I said, with the results, which I just read off, and also um, a contact number to reach out to them to, you know, get individual therapy, group therapy, outpatient treatment, you know, anything that you need to help you battle this illness. I mean, it is an illness. It's a mental illness that we you shouldn't be ashamed of. It's just you're suffering like anyone else does with depression, anxiety, um, OCD, just bipolar. It, so don't think you're any different than anyone else. So they list, there's a lot of contact information and reach out um, and ways to reach out to people if you feel you are in need of some help and you need a little bit more advice and you want to talk to someone who's confidential and won't judge you for um, some questions. So maybe we can put the email address, or not the email address, the website, the website. actually on um, this episode. So people, if they want to just hit it, they can click on it and go through all the steps. Yeah. And just also, you know, back to the idea of not necessarily being alone, that there are millions of people Mm -hmm. in the country, let alone the world who are suffering from this. And so in thinking about all of this and the fact that, you know, if you do happen to suffer from BDD, you are not alone. There are millions of people in this country and this world who also suffer and chances are that even with the numbers of reported or expected it's probably a lot lower than is really existing because there is this you know sort of stigma you know attached to it or it's um sort of missed it's assumed that it's maybe you know a a self-involving or yeah exactly some other obsession than an actual mental illness but in the U.S. it's reported that 1.7 to 2.4 percent of the population suffers from BDD and that's roughly five to seven million people and um and it affects all ages and 
The range, though, is typically from 14 years up to all the way to 60 years. Mm -hmm. That seems to be um, the age range. And it's also not surprising that it starts as a teenager because that's really when you're first starting to become aware of your body, your Mm -hmm. body's changing. And so that's actually, you know, I think a pretty um, unsurprising statistic. And honestly, this is something that's overlooked quite often because of what you just said, that people will just brush it off like, oh, you're just too concerned and too concerned about how you look, just use some makeup. And they don't they don't take it seriously. And that's why... We're more aware. There's more and, awareness around. And people are mental issues, sh- yeah. ashamed of being, you know, affected by depression and stuff. We speak more about it. Um, there is no cure for it, but there is treatment and... Um, Therapy is probably the best treatment for it. Just talking out your concerns and what you feel you feel is ugly to you. Um, and that's another way that it might be dismissed because if other people looking at you don't feel don't feel that you're ugly, but it's something that you're someone is thinking about themselves and saying, "Oh, I'm ugly. Oh, I'm ugly." It's very easy to dismiss it and just say you're crazy. You're just saying that because you want me to tell you that you're pretty, you know, but Mm -hmm. it could really be coming from, you know, another place. So it's just, it's easy for people to dismiss it as someone just saying it. Uh And it can last um, a few years, three to four years, or it could be a lifeline. You're a lifelong battle. So and we did mention it in our um, conversation we had a while back about, you know, body image and social media and maybe the men you have or the women you have in your life that try to change you and, you know, make you change your mind on how you look. But you always thought you were beautiful but because people are, you know, throwing it in your face. You should look a certain way. Now you're doubting yourself and what you were given to now you have to go out and be beautiful by the terms and standards of what society has created. So I just wanted, I'm sorry, we just wanted to highlight the importance about body image and recognizing that it is an issue and we need to speak more about it be honest about it Um, I know in the past I did mention this in a previous podcast being ashamed of my height but there's really nothing I can do about my height you know and then over the years I developed a love for it so maybe it just takes a little bit of time to recognize that hey that flaw is actually the best beautiful trait that you do have and say you're 19 now or you're 20 in 10 years you may realize wow I'm glad I didn't do anything about this because it actually ends up being the most beautiful thing or recognizable thing that you have you know you think of some of those the big celebrities that are out there like the first person that comes to mind for me is Sarah Jessica Parker people are quick to say something about you know her nose or her mole on her chin, but that is so beautiful to me. When you look at her, that makes her who she is. If she were to change her nose, like the woman from Dirty Dancing, you don't recognize her anymore. Yeah, she's has a great nose, but she's unrecognizable. And you don't want to become so unrecognizable. <laughs> you don't want to become so unrecognizable that no one knows who you are, and you have to develop a whole new personality, and a whole new image, and a whole new person. Yeah, for me, one of my features has always been my hips and feeling like they're too wide and it doesn't matter like how much how many workouts I do I'm still gonna have hips because that's my bone structure and I didn't think there was anything I could do about that but then Lena mentioned maybe shaving the bone and that just sounds like something I don't 
even want to <laughs> consider like open the door to because I guess, yeah, you can truly change anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even though it's something that I may not really love, it's something that my fiance absolutely does. And he loves my curves and he tells me all the time he specifically loves my hips. So, you know, how we view it is not always and usually nine out of ten times it's not how the rest of the world views it they either don't notice it at Mm -hmm. all or they notice it and they really like it no one dislikes it you know the way you might perceive it and that's absolutely the truth so now that brings us to our fit tip because it is a friday and we want to share a tip that we've used to either stay away from obsessing over a particular body part or something that we've overcome or ways in how I, for instance, help or give advice to clients that come up to me. And for instance, with the case with the three women or the three young ladies, I should say, I just gave them a little bit of blunt honesty. I just laid it out there. And sometimes people need to hear that um, more so than anything. Just don't beat around the bush. So my fit tip for the week is what I told them. I said, you know, first of all, I asked her how old she was. She said she was 19. And I said, oh my gosh, honey, you're still developing as a woman. Your body doesn't know if it want to have, you know, if it yet wants to have big boobs, a big butt, hips, a flat stomach, it's still adjusting and finding itself. So right now you need to focus on living a college life, partying, getting, you know, I getting drunk. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I said, getting drunk, partying, having a good time with your friends. And, and I said, I know I'm a trainer. I shouldn't be telling you this, but (laughs) while I was, everyone wants a trainer like Lena, (laughs) but I said, I, I was a college student. I was a collegiate athlete. I drank, I enjoyed myself. I wasn't concerned about my body. And I know I didn't have social media like you do have now. I mean, I know that's an issue. It's a problem. We, but step away from that a little more (laughs) and try not to compare yourself because she did admit, like I said earlier, that she looks at social media a little too much and compares her body, which I appreciate. She can admit that she suffers from body dysmorphia. She can actually acknowledge this. So that's the first step. The second step is that she's actually exercising and trying to make a change. And I had to remind her that, you know, stop relying on the scale and focus on your clothes. And I mentioned this in the body, um, one of our episodes. This is actually my fit tip. Oh. It's my fit tip. Oh. From before. My advice to her was get drunk, party in college, and throw the scale away. But I know it sounds funny, but it's just be in the moment. Live life. She's 19. She shouldn't be concerned about how her body looks and completely obsessing over her butt and her stomach. You know what I mean? And her arms. Because it's going to develop sooner than later. So that's my advice to you. And that's my advice to Amber. And that's my advice to myself is just enjoy what you were given. Enjoy. And I know I keep preaching this, enjoy what you were given, but it's the truth. Like what can you do? You were given something for a reason, enjoy it, embrace it and be the best at it. (laughs) You happen to be the only one with a, a, a mole on your chin. You walk around like you own it, like Sarah Jessica Parker or some of these other people that have unique flaws that make them beautiful. I mean, Beyonce said it best. She loves you flaws and all the flaws make you a beautiful person. Kate Moss has a gap between her teeth and she's one of the top models in the world. She's also shorter than most yeah. models and was able to make that work for herself. Yeah. So just embrace it, embrace your individuality and what makes you different. 
because those are the things that people are going to want later in life, 10 or 20 years from now, because everyone's going to look the same. So that's my fit tip. Amber has hers. <laughs> so my fit tip for the week is to, one, if you drink, drink responsibly. <laughs> And to wait until you're at least 21 of legal age or of, at least of legal age, wherever you may be. So <laughs> I'm the irresponsible one, but I just have to lay it out there with the truth. Like college students are college students. I'm going to drink with my kids more likely and teach them how to do certain things. Um, but my actual fit tip for the week is something that we started talking about towards the end of the episode and what I just want to leave you with. And for anyone who is listening and has a certain body part that you're not happy about, that bothers you, that's troubled you, that you wish you could change, do a survey of the people around you and ask them, do you notice X? Do you say X? What do you think about my? And see what they say. Chances are that they like it or they didn't even notice it. And so really take that in for yourself because, I mean, you also kind of know when people are lying to you. So, you know, but take that in for yourself. And if it's something that the feedback you're getting is not a reflection of how you are perceiving it, take it, embrace it, and start to think, rethink, you know, your thoughts about whatever that particular body part is and start to accept it. And so, and just realize that again, whatever you're, however you're viewing yourself is not always and usually not how other people see you. And so to be able to, take that feedback, take those affirmations and say, you know what? I need to let this go. And so that is that is the challenge to identify that body part, do the survey and whatever the results of the survey are, commit to yourself to embrace it and follow through. And live it, whatever the results are. So that pretty much wraps up our episode on body dysmorphia. It is in a way, part two of body image um, and social media and plastic surgery episode that we had a while back. So we thank you for listening. We we appreciate your participation. And again, look out for us on. Yes, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and each of those are at BeFitMe. Also, you can reach us on email if you still choose to send us an email instead of a Facebook message, um, which is befitme at gmail.com. You can also find us at our website, befitme.com, which has links to all of our podcasts as well, and also a little bit um, more information on Lena and myself. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the website. So the website where I found um, this test... We will list it actually either on our website or where we um, where the podcast platforms in the description area. But you can go to OCDLA, so OCDLA.com backslash BDD dash TEST. So that's OCDLA.com backslash BDD dash test. 
and you can find the test, a bunch of information and reach out to someone who's more knowledgeable in this area and um, some more people with better information and tips. So again, thank you for listening. We appreciate you and enjoy your day. Have a great weekend. Till next time. Bye-bye. Until next time, remember, stay sweet, stay sexy, stay sassy, but more importantly, be savvy. Oh, I think I got it all. Bye.